0: Morning Liberty.
1: Well, what's up, everybody? This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, is Charles. How you doing, man?
0: You you didn't give me like any nickname or anything. Like I the just, one, the only, the
1: the great, the, the you know. We used to have. John King on here, and we would say the King all the time, yep. but I I mean, I don't have a nickname for you. What, what should we say?
0: I don't know. You it's guys chime in. Something amazing.
1: You guys chime in with the best nickname <laughs> for Charlie. Let us know. Go to our Facebook or Instagram, our Twitter, and let us know what you think Charlie's nickname should be, but uh, other than that, we want to tell you guys, thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast. We see the numbers growing all the time. And if you are just now listening for the first time today, well, go subscribe to the podcast. What that's going to do is it's going to bring our podcast directly to your phone as soon as we release a new episode, which is every single day of the week.
0: And if you this is the first time listening, you might ask, what is Good Morning Liberty? What are we about? What is this whole show doing?
1: I'm not even sure I know sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
0: Every day you come into the office, you're just like. What am I doing? What is this? Here?
1: What are we supposed yeah. to be doing right now?
0: Well, there's a deeper question to that. Like, what's the meaning of life? Which is what we say here. With this, this podcast is all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning.
1: That's true. So, now, why we take out happiness and and insert meaning instead of that?
0: Because happiness is not a good goal. It's not. Yeah,
1: happiness is something. If you're if you're pursuing happiness, you're gonna fall short a lot of the time. There's going to be tons of times most of the time maybe that you're just not happy because there's always something that you want more of or someone you know is dying or you're broke or you're you know not healthy or what's going on and so happiness is kind of a i don't know it's not a great goal but what you could pursue is for your life to always be working towards some kind of meaning all the time and that can keep you going that's what keeps me going on these Terrible Mondays. Like
0: that's why today. you still showed up today.
1: It is why I why I wake up in the morning when I really don't even have to. You know, it's not like I'm going to get a a, a a slip. You know, put in my mailbox saying that I was late and I got three more times or I can't show up. Like, no, that's not the case. So I get in here to write articles about economics and post a bunch of dank memes about Jeffrey Epstein, not killing himself <laughs> and get in here and do podcast prep every single day. And I get here at like seven 30 in the morning because I want to like that. That's the really fun part about it. Cause I have meaning in this. I yes. know that there's a meaning behind this.
0: Well, think and I want everyone to think about, you know, the stories you see on Instagram and the lavish celebrity lives, you know, look at all the celebrities that have committed suicide. Everyone, is. They we're all the same brand of human being that deal with all the same issues. And so if you're looking around and think everyone has their life together and you don't, well, that's not true. Yeah. No one really has their life together. We're all just navigating the same waters. And now there are moments of happiness, and that's usually what people post on social media.
1: That's about it, yeah. Yeah,
0: but you don't really see all the dark side. Like Robin Williams was a funny guy. Like he was a comedian who seemed to have it all. Like he had <laughs> Emmys and all kinds this of This is one of my fans. favorite
1: stories from Tony Robbins by the way which I used to make fun of a lot but we went to a Tony Robbins event in Nashville and one of the most important stories I think I ever heard by the way and I was sad when Robin Williams did what he did I really yeah. was he was one of my one of my favorite actors of all time and it was terrible to see that happen but anyway sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead
0: No I was just I was just communicating that If you don't think you have it all together, well, no, neither does anyone else. And so what you have to do is you have to have a reason to get out of bed. You have to be pursuing something bigger than yourself. And like, but it's not, um, what we teach kids in college, like they can go out and change the world. Right. Yeah. It's it's not about having, um, let's say this overarching, like I'm going to make a gigantic social structure change. Let's say, I mean, that can be the ultimate goal. Um, but you start small and you do things day by day to get to the ultimate goal. And so that's what you have to be pursuing every single day. That's the meaning part of this podcast. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Now, liberty, well, let's start with life, actually, because life is important. You have to be alive and life has to be protected Yeah, for yeah. you to be able to do anything in the world. And then liberty allows you to pursue meaning in the most unfettered way possible. So these three things, life, liberty, and pursuit of meaning, they all coincide with each other. And it's a little bit different take on, I guess, libertarian principles. Yeah. Um. But in this whole goal of like, how do I live the best life possible? Well, pursue meaning. Let's be, make sure you're as free as possible. And you're not un, un, uh, you're not killed in a, <laughs> yeah. in a manner in which you,
1: That's the life part, exactly. Protecting life, so
0: and you're not killed. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, you
1: you have the right to not be killed by someone else, right? Yeah. Now you know we can confuse this sometimes because we say that you have the right to life. Well, doesn't that mean that you have the right to go into a hospital and someone has to keep you alive, right? I mean that you have the right to life. That, that's kind of how this can be confused.
0: Do you have the right to go into a restaurant and demand that you're fed?
1: Yeah. Do you have the right to walk into a grocery store and take food? Uh, because every single human being has to have food. It's a fact. All of us, every one of us has to have food. So can you go into a restaurant or can you go into a grocery store and just take food? Well, you have the right to life. Like You have the right to not have your life taken unjustly by someone else but it doesn't mean that you have the right to force other people to act in a way that, you know, saves your life. Maybe you can't can you force someone else to spend part of their life making sure that you get to be alive. I, I don't think you can.
0: No. No. Because with these rights come responsibility. Yeah. And the responsibility ultimately falls on you. Right? Yeah. So you have the right to life is the right to not be unjustly killed.
1: Yeah, can you be justly killed? You can't. I, I, <laughs> I would, know. I said can that earlier. You can be
0: justly killed in a in self defense.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, if sure. you're if you're yeah. trying
0: to take the life of another or significantly harm them,
1: yeah, then you're forfeiting your then you're right to life. Forfeiting at that point your time. right to yeah. life. I like it. Yeah. And so when we talk about our pursuit of meaning, this is why we come here every single day because these things are really important. We talk about a, economics a lot on this podcast. And it can get, I don't know, kind of in the weeds and a lot of economic details sometimes. We try not to. But we, we talk about those things because bad economics, planned economies like this, uh, like those under socialism and communism and fascism, these planned economies by people who I guess should have been acting as angels, these planned economies have killed millions, hundreds of millions of people based on... Really, really bad basic economic ideas that you can somehow install true equality for everyone. Equality of outcome, not just equality of opportunity. And in the pursuit of that, um, hundreds of millions of people have died in trying to pursue that. And what we found is that while that might seem like a worthwhile and virtuous goal, you can actually make a better life for the most amount of people by allowing people to pursue what they deem to be the most valuable thing to them, and and if they want to gain, then it means that they have to provide value to someone else. Meaning that if there is a rich millionaire or billionaire who didn't use government corruption or you know rules and regulations to get to that point, if there's a rich wealthy person. They only got there because they provided value to other people, and other people freely gave them money. And so we found that this system, even though it has its flaws, it's it's not perfect. We realize that it's not exactly perfect. The bad actors will come into play. Um, We find that this has been the way that has helped the most amount of people throughout history. We don't have any other better ideas than this. The other ideas the equality of outcome and making sure that everyone has the, the same or the, the most equal outcome possible. While you might think that that's a good vision. Um, It's never, it's never gone well at, at all. And so that's why we come in. Every, that's our meaning because we yes. know what has happened in history and we know what has happened, especially if you're a poor person who tried to live through one of these situations you were harmed more than even the rich people because maybe they were able to leave, or maybe maybe they were able to buy favors in the tyrannical government, so they didn't get destroyed like the like the poor people did. So, I mean that that's why we push capitalism, free market capitalism, not not crony capitalism that's controlled by government and only people who are allowed through licenses and regulations and permits to operate are the ones who operate. No, we push free market capitalism because that means that anyone has the opportunity to provide value for anyone. And those who provide the most value might raise to the top, might rise to have way more wealth and money overall than anyone else. But at least they got there because they provided people with something that they deemed valuable or else they wouldn't have got there.
0: And, And that's why liberty is set in between those two life and meaning. Is because yeah. you can't, there is no life whenever communism, socialism, these other centrally planned economies actually kill over a hundred million people. So life is non-existent. And then if you're not free, how do you pursue what you decide is meaningful? Yeah. And it's because we're, we're all a bunch of diverse individuals that have different ideas of what's meaningful. Like an artist thinks that their paintings are meaningful, whereas an accountant is not an artist. So they know they may not see the same thing. Right. So to be able to pursue what is meaningful and we need this in the world, right? The world is way too complicated for one person to figure it all out and try to plan everything for everyone.
1: And even if that person is good, you don't know if the person after them is going to be good. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's true too. And that's, that's the problem that you see. I saw this really great video. I think I sent it to you. Um, It was on Twitter. It's from learn Liberty um which by the way you guys need to check out because they do a m- bunch of amazing stuff. What's that professor's name on there?
1: Oh, I don't know his name, but I I love that channel. Get on YouTube and type in Learn Liberty, go to their channel and you can spend all night there and learn so many amazing things.
0: So they did they they ran the data on planned economy planned well states. They did it between the 50 states and yeah. divided the states into two different categories. 25 states where individuals have less choice when it comes to economic decisions and the 25 States where individuals have the most choice and they ran the data on poverty. Um, what's some of the other measures? Oh, it was, uh, it was wages. It wages, was, it was inequality, poverty, inequality yeah um, uh, gender inequality, all of that. Yeah. And in the States where you are most free to make the most free economic decisions that you can make or any of that, all in almost every single year besides a few uh the the states that had the most freedom won and yeah. that was just the united states and then they compared countries yeah and it's not even close yeah and so when you look at the actual data that we've had even over the last 20 30 years the we've run the experiment we've already ran it and in societies that have the most amount of liberty they produce the most amount of good for everyone now Like we said, it's not perfect. There's always going to be people at the bottom that we should help through charity. And that's what we believe is that you have a duty and responsibility that if you do, if you are well off enough, that's your, it's your job to start helping take care of your community. And if everyone did that in their community, we would be as close to, we would be as close to reducing suffering as we possibly could be.
1: And that's a worthwhile goal, it right is. there. It really is. And so, if we find we find that meaning, that's why we put so much time into this every single day, every week. So much time into trying to bring this information to you guys, and and it's difficult and it's stressful. And I find myself, you know, I need to be hanging out and having quality time with my wife, and here I am having a an Instagram argument with someone uh, uh, over capitalism and socialism, or over whether or not Venezuela was actually so, you know. And it's not just because I find that stuff you know fun and it's exciting and it's more exciting than everything else in my life, and that's what I would rather be talking about, but it it is where I find the meaning in my life which which I take as you know libertarians were seen as being selfish or people who who want less government were're seen as being selfish and not caring about people who are poor and it's exactly the opposite uh, i I do all of this. Charlie does all this. We care about liberty because we care about the poor. And you need to make that distinction too. And any of you guys that are listening, when you're talking to these people, they're looking at you as if you're someone who just doesn't care. You're just someone who who wants to make all your money and and screw everyone else. And that's not really the case. the opposite. It's the exact opposite. I do this... Because I don't want poor people to be starving, I do this because I think health care is too expensive. That's why I want the government to get out of the way. You know, I—that's why I care about these things, and that's why I work on it. And I, you know, you guys just need to make sure you're making that that distinction with people when you're talking to them too. Now we missed one really important subject here, Charlie, and that's the fact that I've got myself a brand new chair right here that I'm sitting in.
0: Wow, so if you missed the last couple episodes, yeah, you will understand the debacle that that was had on Thursday and Friday last week. Yeah, Nate was having a rough go <laughs> of his first world problems.
1: It was very, very first world, and because um, look,
0: we talk about you know the progress of human beings. We talk about you know if you read if you go to humanprogress.org dot org or if you read Progress by Johan Norberg. Like you should be grateful for where we're at in life, but it doesn't diminish the you know the problems that you have in life, yeah, because it's still frustrating and causes anxiety and stress, and ultimately reduces your lifespan,
1: yeah. yeah with
0: with the anxiety and stress because just because you have first world problems doesn't mean that they're real problems, but really, you should put them into perspective by where we've come from because human existence was completely dismal, so you have to have some gratitude but you can have a couple of days like Nate. had. <laughs> well,
1: and I do this too, by the way. You know, we were um, Charlie and I, my wife, and his girlfriend. We went out to eat this weekend, and um, we went to a nice, oh, by the way, nice a dinner. Really good.
0: We were there for like three hours. Yeah, we were just
1: talking and great you know, conversation. It, it was a really fun time, and at one point in time, like I think my wife and uh, Stephanie, your girlfriend, were talking back and forth, and it was obviously like a, it was some first world problems for sure. And though I'm not saying those aren't problems. Was
0: this before They're, dinner? Did I, it I was miss? like
1: kind of during dinner. And Did I, I just miss it? and I just kind of chimed in. We were sitting there talking about stuff that and they were going on about some some first world issues and I go, "Yeah, you know, um, I had a nursing mother beg me for water so she wouldn't oh, yeah. die of thirst in Djibouti, in Djibouti, Africa one time." Yeah. And uh, I wasn't trying to diminish everyone else's problems at that point in time, but it 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 is important to keep some proportion and whenever you're thinking about it. You know what? We're going to talk about a story here in a minute about how stressed millennials are these days with you, all of society's expectations on them. And
0: you're just being the natural a hole that you I are. I am. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: when anyone's <laughs> having a conversation, I do my best to chime in with just the most sarcastic, snarky, like, just snarky screw that guy kind of comment that you can come in with. I don't know why. That's just, that's just it's how I am. It's for humor. That's, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's your version of humor.
1: It's to lighten the situation all the time, honestly. Yeah. And so when we're talking about problems, it is important to keep some, so a sense of proportion with this. You know, I've been to a country called Djibouti African. I've been to Ethiopia also. And, and I've seen some real problems and I mean some real stuff like, like what I said at the dinner table. I said, I have had a nursing, a mother holding her infant baby come up to me and beg me for my bottle of water that I had when I was in Djibouti, Africa. Did you give it to her? Um, uh, no comment. I don't know. I don't uh, Oh man! I, she came up to the side of our bus and started banging on the side of the bus and was asking for water. Um, and I think we slipped a couple of small bottles of water out the window, but the bus was kind of moving when she came up to it. So, um, Anyway, like it's not that our problems aren't important, but there are still some people in the world that I mean, when you talk about problems, I mean, they're begging not for a dollar or not not even for food. I mean, they're begging for water and water's more important than even food cuz they don't have clean you know, water. They don't have water. And well,
0: and I just want to chime in real quick. The Bill Gates um the what's the
1: inside Bill's brain inside
0: Bill's brain on Netflix. It's honestly, most of these countries don't even really have that much of a water problem anymore because there's several charities that are giving, you know, clean water. They're setting up wells and all that. The biggest problem they're having now is sanitation Yeah,
1: Yeah. because they
0: have the water, but then they don't have anywhere to release the sewage. And so they ended up, it ends up going back into their water supply. Yeah. and So now you're just drinking sewage. So that's one of the, (laughs) One of the big problems, and so they were developing these toilets that don't even use water or electricity. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's it's really amazing. And thanks and so, to
0: capitalism, yeah, by yeah. the way.
1: Thanks to Bill Gates being able to make that much yeah. money and do these things. The
0: U.S. government isn't yeah. developing these things, and you know he Bill, held a contest.
1: Bill Gates did not take that money from the people in Africa, and that's how he has all that money. You know, the, these people in Africa are starving, and they need water, and they need sanitation. Despite the fact that Bill Gates grew to almost a hundred million dollar net worth at one point in time. Hundred billion. Hundred billion. Sorry. Hundred billion dollar net worth at one point in time. He's still close to there. He's so yeah, he is. Like, and still he's still like ninety billion. He's, he's given away tons of it. But uh, you know, he didn't gain that by taking things away from people in other countries. Everyone got rich as a result of Bill Gates doing what he did. They got richer as a result of Bill Gates doing what he did. You know, the money is not a fixed pie. It's not a fixed amount of resources. You can create new value all the time. And that's what he did. So he didn't gain that $100 billion by removing it from other people. He gained $100 billion by creating over $100 billion worth of new value in the economy. So he's been trying to save people in Africa. And I think that's a really important thing. This, this Netflix documentary, um, you can... Go check it out if you want to. It's called Inside Bill's Brain, and I loved it because they're talking about all these great things that Bill Gates is doing, and the whole time I was watching it, I was just thinking, how would he be doing this if not for the fact that he was able to create something new to provide value for a lot of people to gain an immense amount of wealth And now he's using that wealth to do really good things. And we don't spend enough time focusing on people who are doing that kind of thing. I wanted to talk about this article. Oh, that all goes to say that I got a new chair, and it's ridiculous. (laughs) I'm not keeping this chair, by the way. I didn't tell you yet. Oh, you're going to turn it? it. No, I don't like it. It's too fast for me. I don't don't like it. So I got this uh, gaming chair, because Charlie got a gaming chair, and his is really comfortable. Oh, it's beautiful. It looks really good.
0: I got to sit in it before I bought yeah. it. Yeah.
1: So you went to staples and sat in it. Well, I order mine on Amazon and it has great ratings and it probably is really good for the gaming aspect. But it literally if you've ever seen like a race car, like people who street race their cars, like those racing bucket seats that you put in your car, they're not super comfortable and this is just literally this is like a a, a bucket seat in your car that has wheels attached to the bottom of it. That's really all all it is. It even has a lever right here on the side to lean back. I just lean back. does
0: like it have this. a does it have a seat
1: belt? Um, it did not come with a seat belt, so that's why I'm sending it back. That's why. Yeah. No. Now I'm going to send it back. Cuz you don't want to
0: get a you don't want to get a seat belt. Tip.
1: I don't. I don't. But I this seat, you'll see when we go live here with some video, which could be this week actually. Um, you'll see, stay
0: tuned for that.
1: Just how quick this seat looks because it looks really quick.
0: You're going to go live with it before you send it back.
1: Yeah. And then I'll send it back and get a slow looking seat. Now, look, this
0: conversation raises an important question for me. Yeah. Is if Amazon has a monopoly, how in the world was I able to go to Staples, a physical store? Yeah. Try out the chair that I wanted sit in it and be like, yeah, this is one I want to sit in for hours. I don't know. And then bring that chair home with me. I didn't have to order through Amazon afterwards. It's
1: such an amazing idea, the fact that a company can have what you will call a monopoly, yet you have numerous other choices to get their products. Yeah, Not their products, other people's products. So if I want to buy a chair, if I want to buy an office chair, I can get back on Amazon and order another one, or I can go to Best Buy or Staples or Walmart or Target or anywhere that sells office chairs. You know, there's no Amazon monopoly here forcing me to get my next chair from Amazon. It was pure choice that I went to them. And now I'm gonna send it back and they'll refund my money.
0: Right. You now know? this this conversation came up at dinner, the dinner that we had, which is what's very lovely. You know, you and I work together and then mm. we hang out at night together. Yeah. With uh with your wife and my girlfriend. Yeah. And Stephanie, like, I'll just give you an idea of how this conversation came up. Because Stephanie and Lacey, they're normal people. They're, like, great, fantastic, normal, regular human beings in, in society that do great yeah. jobs.
1: Lacey even and voted, my wife even voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. Did she? I mean, she did.
0: Well, that's not that normal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But as far as, like, you know, viewing things as normal. And, yeah. it, and the comment was made that Amazon was a monopoly. And I was like, "Wait, hang on, how?" And you were like, "Mono means one." So yeah, first this, off, and this is how like uh, even social media, regular media, whatever—they're so good at manipulating definitions and terms of words that they get you to think that Amazon's a monopoly because monopoly's bad, right? Like yeah. everybody and everybody thinks like, "Oh, monopoly, mm-hmm. monopoly, bad." Yeah, like that that term when it comes to business. Not the game, but even the game, you know, is long. It is. But anyway, that term when it comes to business is bad. Like drugs. Like, mm, drugs, bad. <laughs> oh, monopoly, bad. Bad. Yeah. So uh bad grades. Ooh, bad. Those types <laughs> of things. <laughs> where you're like, oh, so but they have skewed this definition to where, you know, most people think just because Bernie Sanders tweets that Amazon has monopoly. That Amazon has a monopoly. I know, you know, and what, they don't—not even close to it.
1: What's funny is most people will agree that Amazon and Walmart are both monopolies
0: somehow yeah. in the retail space. Yeah,
1: it's really interesting to me.
0: And somehow they both sell all the products without the other one selling all the products.
1: And even you know, like <laughs> you said, I mean, and people just don't sit around thinking about uh, literal economic definitions and stuff. You know, like like we do sometimes, but. People will say, "Well, Walmart, okay, they were a monopoly, and until Amazon came along." And I'm just like, "Well, how was Amazon able to come along if if Walmart was a monopoly?" So this definition over time, where where it's supposed to mean that you have the whole market share and you're not allowing anyone else to come into the market, like that's the really important part. But over time, this definition now just means the the biggest company in the market or the one that you will think of most often that you need to go to and they're a monopoly because of that and it's not the case you're you're only a monopoly if you can stop other people from entering into that market and if you're not able to do that then you're not a monopoly now you might be one of only a few options but if you're not able to stop other people from coming into that market then you're only the only option or one of the only few options because you're providing a better service than anyone else can provide and in that sense how could that be a bad thing like you you'd say like well they these other people could come into the industry and okay would they provide a better service well then those those businesses are going to blow up when that happens if they're not going to provide a better service or something at cheaper, the, you know, value, uh, then how are we hurt by that company being one of the main places that we think about? It's really important, these definitions, you know? It really is because this idea gets put into the public's heads like Amazon's a monopoly and then you start talking about the Congress coming in. And pursuing antitrust laws, things like that. And you're like, well, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, Amazon's a monopoly. But then they're the two are not the same thing. But they use your your just kind of baseline idea that they're a monopoly, and they use that. The fact that you will agree that they're a monopoly. They will use that. To end up harming these industries, to end up taking companies out of these industries or breaking them up and making them less efficient or smaller. And no one really benefits when that happens. Even with Amazon, even if you want to think about how big Amazon is, just remember that Amazon, while they do own a lot of their products, they are mostly a marketplace for other businesses to list their products. And that's what Amazon is. A million businesses or more have their products listed on Amazon to sell. So when you say Amazon is a monopoly, you know what do you mean by that? Because most of the products they're selling aren't even owned by Amazon. So you have to be really careful when you throw around these definitions because words words can hurt. People will use them to do really bad things. And that's why we have to completely reject this idea that Amazon is a monopoly, that Walmart is a monopoly, that any of these other companies, Facebook, is a monopoly. We reject that completely because those companies are not stopping other people from entering those markets. And that word monopoly...
0: That's the, that's the key point there. It is. They may have large market share, but they're not stopping anyone.
1: Yeah. And like I said, they could only be stopping people because they provide the best service. And, okay, so who's hurt in that? You're saying you'd rather have someone else who provides a worse service at a more expensive price? No, you're not going to get better. You want the person who's providing the best service. And if right now Amazon is the only company for that, which they're not, by the way, but if right now Amazon's the only company for free one-day or two-day shipping or whatever, other businesses will come in as long as there's not regulations stopping those businesses from coming in.
0: I just heard of one that came in this morning, by the way. What's that? Sam's club.
1: Yeah. What are they doing?
0: If you're a club member, just like being a prime member with Amazon, if you're a club member, free shipping, nice free two day shipping on all Sam Cl- Sam's clubs items. And that is if you're a club member, obviously you have to be a club member to shop at Sam's, uh, free shipping. And there's no minimum by the way. So if you wanted to get like whatever, I uh, just a stack of paper plates. Yeah. You just order that. And they'll ship it for free. Nice. For free.
1: And they weren't doing that until Amazon no. came into the market. I and literally doing this.
0: that's why Stephanie told me that this morning.
1: Walmart did not have two days shipping for free and until like, Amazon came in and started doing this. I was
0: like, "Thanks, Amazon."
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you, Amazon,
0: for pushing our competitors to be better.
1: I ordered groceries from Amazon last night. By the way, first time. Did you had groceries delivered? They got delivered to my house around like eight thirty last night, something wow. like that. How was it? It was great because I just got on my phone and ordered them. And what's important to note is that I have like five other options in my area where I could have driven to get groceries. And I ordered them on Amazon, not because Amazon is a monopoly, but because that's where I decided I would get exactly what I needed at that point in time, because I didn't want to go to the grocery store and yeah. walk around. So I got exactly what I needed because they offered that service and they did not stop me. From going to Walmart or Kroger or Publix or any of the other grocery stores in the area, I chose them.
0: You got a Dollar General right by your house. I
1: do. There's a There's a Dollar General right there. <laughs> I could have gone there, uh, but I chose to go on Amazon. Not because they forced me, by the way. But because they provided a better service that I wanted to pay for. A way better service. That's the amazing part about this whole thing. How were your groceries? I want to hear about this experience. They're good. I mean, they delivered them. I ordered a bunch of... Uh, everything was pretty much cheaper than it was at the grocery store, by the way. Um, ordered a bunch of carbonated water. And uh, got some Zatarain's crab boil because I did walk around Kroger for a while and I could not find... The good crab boil where you like put in the package of seasoning, the bag in there, and it seasons the water, so you can cook your seafood. You know, yeah. I only found the liquid stuff that you put in the in the pot. It's not as good. It's just not as good. So you wanted the actual, I wanted the real seasonings in there. And uh, Kroger didn't have it, and I got on Amazon while I was in the Kroger parking lot, and Amazon did. So I I got it delivered to my house.
0: And not only that, but you didn't have to walk around looking for it. All I know. you had to do was search. I know. And it literally pops up right for you. Just, you just click add to cart.
1: I love it. It's so it good. it puts
0: it in a cart for you. <laughs> Somebody put that in a cart for you.
1: I wanted to tell you about this. <laughs> we were talking about the pursuit of meaning and, and finding happiness in your life and, and meaning in your life. All these things. I read this article earlier from studyfinds.org. It's just a bunch of studies posted on there. Uh, This inferiority complex, 8 in 10 millennials believe that they aren't good enough, in quotes. They aren't good enough. So, a survey reveals most young adults feel frequently overwhelmed by the demands of their work and social lives, with many experiencing adverse mental health effects. Nearly 6 in 10 millennials believe many of society's expectations for them are unrealistic. So uh, from the article here, an astounding eight in 10 flat out believe they are not good enough in virtually all areas of their lives. Furthermore, three quarters of the survey's respondents admit that they constantly feel overwhelmed by pressure to succeed in their careers, find a meaningful romantic relationship and meet others' expectations. Another seven in 10 millennials say that daily chores like going to the gym, Maintaining a presence on social media and making enough money are among the top reasons why they feel overwhelmed from time to time. In all, 80% of the respondents even say these worries have negatively impacted their sleep, and 79% admit that their overall mental health has suffered. Uh, The survey commissioned by plant-based food producer Alpro found that the average millennial feels inadequate roughly 130 times throughout the year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So That's 8 and not 10. Good. 7 to 8 and 10 on these different on these different items here. Now the first thing I wanted to do is we have a bit of a first world problem in here. In the fact that 7 and 10 say that daily chores like going to the gym and maintaining a presence on social media are why they feel overwhelmed all the time. So, uh, and,
0: and what's, what constitutes making enough money? I want to know too.
1: Yeah. So it says making enough money are among the top. Yeah. What's, what's enough, you yeah. know, what, who, who decides what that is. It depends on really what kind of lifestyle that you want to lead right. at, at that point in time. Cause there are a lot of people who don't make, you know, they might make $20,000 a year and they live in their trailer and they've got a, you know, they've got a four wheeler and they've got direct TV and, and everything's good, you know, and they feel like they're making enough money. Maybe they even feel happy from time to time. Yeah. Even more so than some other people who make more money than that. You have
0: people that make millions. Yeah. Who are never happy. Who end
1: up committing suicide because they're never happy.
0: So what, yeah, what constitutes enough money?
1: And so uh, this idea, there's a couple things in here. Like a lot of this is obviously subjective, that enough money thing. Um, Maintaining a presence on social media Is something, you know, we can have a discussion about that, but should that be something in your life that is making you feel overwhelmed, maintaining your presence on social media?
0: I got news for you. You don't have to
1: do that. You don't at At all. all. It's not required one bit. Not required to live. Unless you're making a living off of your social media. But other than that, like... Why you, is you that deleted
0: one? social media for like a whole year
1: I did I, I went a while without social media it was not until I started the Good Morning Liberty Facebook page that I got a new Facebook because you have to have a personal page to start a business page and I, I I will tell you I felt a lot better in that year that I went with no Facebook that that was really nice but you're not required to do this like how can this be an overwhelming factor in your life that you didn't post the right things on your social media or you, you, uh, you don't have enough friends, you're not getting enough likes on your posts or things like what a insane, like I was just thinking like what if that, what if that lady that begged me for water in Africa read about the, the terrible plight of the millennials here in the, in the US and how 7 and 10 feel overwhelmed because they have to go to the gym regularly and they need to maintain their presence on social media like just, she would,
0: she would love to have those problems,
1: absolutely, yeah, she would love to have so much food in her face all the time that she's slightly overweight and needs to look for a gym membership, like she would love that, but instead she might have she might be dead right now, I don't know, she might have died of of thirst sometime after us not giving her all of our water. I don't know, I really don't know, <laughs> so you know. We need. This is that whole sense of proportion thing here. That I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel overwhelmed because I I feel overwhelmed, and they're first world problems for sure. But let's all take a moment to have gratitude for the fact that these are our problems in 2019. These are our problems. It's not that you don't know if you're going to have enough food next week, or if you're going to get the water to your house, or if you're going to get a paper cut and die from an infection or anything like that, like that's not your problem right now. It's, it's major things like major illnesses. But then other than that, it's that you're having to maintain your social media that you need to go to the gym because food is too plentiful. Yeah. Like this is amazing by the way.
0: It's a really, really good problem. to It have. is. No, it doesn't mean like you said that it's not a problem. Like, you know, I think anxiety and depression, overwhelming, those are real problems that people deal with, and they, they do cause adverse mental health effects, but this is why. Jordan Peterson in his 12 Rules for Life has a really good rule in there that I like a lot. I don't remember what number it is, but the essence of the rule is to compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Yeah. Now, even just the title of that rule... Makes a whole lot of sense because I think what a lot of people struggle with is they're like, oh, well, I didn't get as many likes as this person did or my life doesn't look as cool as this person's that like we're constantly comparing ourselves to everyone else instead of yourself. And if you just make little tiny improvements to who you are every single day, the rest will manifest itself and take care of itself. And you wouldn't even worry. Like I hit a certain age it was in the last couple of years where I just stopped caring. (laughs) I like, yeah, I honestly don't care what people think about me anymore. Yeah. You know, when I meet people or whatever, like, of course, like I want to look good. I want people to like me, but I just don't care anymore. Now, honestly, that's a gift because I don't deal. I don't, I don't feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Most of the time. Now there are times where I, if I go into social settings where I don't know anyone, at all I'm a little uncomfortable at first but given enough time I never feel I feel uncomfortable because I don't know anyone right and it's a it's a strange world let's say where I'm not comfortable because it's nothing's predictable but at the same time given enough time with that uncomfortable situation uh I will start to become comfortable because I'll start to know people but I've never I've never left like a party that I went to where I wasn't comfortable because I didn't know anyone. And I ever thought like, what do these people think about me? Cause I yeah. don't care.
1: Yeah. And, and, and so the, even in all that, you just said like, still, that's an amazing thing for that to be your problem. Like, yeah, that's, that's so great. You know, that's how great it is in 2019, by the way, to live in a Western society like this, to live in the U S this is how great our lives are that we start worrying about our social media accounts or whether or not we have an awkward interaction at a place that we're just lucky as hell to even be at buying a a drink or a an appetizer just because we wanted to that night and the fact that we even have the ability or the option to do that. like we need some gratitude for some of these things, and that they can that can take away a lot of a lot of your anxiety. and that's why I was talking about how I mention, you know, the lady in Djibouti, Africa, because it reminds me to have some gratitude for all these things. And to me, gratitude is one of the main things that we're lacking and is pushing us towards some of these dangerous economic policies because we forget, we really, really forget just how lucky we are to be where we are, how new all of this is. You know, the Internet's only been here for what twenty years, twenty five years since normal people started yeah. using the internet all the time, and already it's this now one of our problems is that we're overwhelmed because of our 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 social media. Like it's such an amazing problem, and if if people will learn to have a bit of gratitude, it's another one of the things you know. I actually heard this on one of Prager Use videos. Um, they've got some good stuff. I'm, I don't I I don't really identify with them a lot. They're a little more, I guess. Republican, right wing, conservative leaning, but Prager, you had this good video about how socialism is actually actually teaches people to be selfish, and that it takes away the gratitude. Because why would you ever have gratitude for something that you're owed, for something that you're entitled to? Like if you're entitled to it, then you don't need to feel thankful for receiving it. Mm-hmm. You know that it was owed to you by someone else, and that's the problem through this mindset and through this socialist mindset is that you never develop gratitude for some of these everyday things because you think that those are owed to you and that you somehow are entitled to those things and what's great is in a society where we think about providing value for others and we think about a you know the free market or a capitalist society when you get something you you have to have a little bit of gratitude because you worked for it. You earned it. You you got that because of value that you provided to someone else. So that's why we're always pushing this idea. All the, the other time. thing,
0: the other thing I think that's really important is I think millennials and young people they just need a little bit of a cur- little bit of encouragement. I think they're lacking that a lot in their lives. They need that encouragement to realize that you are good enough. That if you if you take the time to make yourself better each day, like who knows what you could become, who knows what you could accomplish in this world. You know, I think we have this mentality. Sometimes I have this mentality, like where I just want the success to happen overnight. And you, we forget to realize all of the steps necessary to get to that su- successful place. And I think a lot of millennials and even I, cause I'm at the, very beginning of the millennial generation. I'm
1: technically a millennial. Yeah, me too. Yeah.
0: And so I think, you know, a lot of people in our generation and the younger generation, they have this expectation of success happens like it overnight. And if I'm not successful, I'm doing something wrong. It's like, look, it takes it most for most people. You're not going to be Justin Bieber where Usher finds you when you're 15 on YouTube Yeah, and you become an overnight success. Like that is the, the rarest form of success that there is Yeah, most, for most people in this world, it takes years of being consistent, dedicated, doing the hard work necessary, improving yourself, improving what you do in your business or, or any of that nature, whether even social media, like most people didn't become, you know, they every, okay, here, this is a better way to say it. Everyone starts at zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Whether it's social media and life, whatever, no one comes out of the womb walking even like you, you can't even roll over yet. You have to roll over. Then you crawl. (laughs) Then you stumble. Then you kind of walk. Then you run. Then you can jump hurdles, whatever. It takes a long time to, to grow and, and success is the same way. And so I think, you know, if we can just, if, if there's, more encouragement that we can provide to even the the millennials that listen to this show. It's that you are made, you are good enough and you are made for so much more than you currently think.
1: I would say there's a danger in saying that you're good enough the way, you know, you're good enough to do all of these things. You might not be there yet. Right. You might not be enough yet. And you kind of touched on this, but... I think where this gets lost is it's it's the whole, uh, comparing yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is. You're not going to be Elon Musk tomorrow. You're not going to be Jeff Bezos. And I think a lot of these people, they look at the Musk and the Bezos and Gates and, and the uh, the Waltons and all these people, and they decide, well, I don't have that right now, so I'm not good enough, or I'm never going to be able to get there. And you have to remind yourself that these people, most of these people, other than, you know, your Justin Beavers, like Charlie mentioned, they did not get there when they were in their teens or their 20s even. You know, Musk, Bezos, Gates, all of these people happened when they were in their mid-30s. I used to remind myself when I was playing music all the time, as I started to get older and I started to think, well, I'm not exactly where I want to be yet, um, I would remind myself uh, even... I was talking about Coldplay, which would be really funny. But um, Chris Martin, when Coldplay got big, he was he was twenty eight, almost twenty nine when when they got big. And I can look at them now, and you know they were like one of my favorite bands. And when I was in my mid twenties, I was like, "Man, I'm not there yet. This sucks. I'm a failure. Everything's terrible." And then I could look at them and say, "Well." One of my favorite bands, like they didn't even get there until they were like 30, basically, you right. know, that's that's when people really start to make it. So if you're in college and
0: they had been, do- been doing it for 10, 12 yeah, they've already been doing
1: it for at that time. So like if you're in college and you're thinking, I'm not Elon Musk status or how the heck am I ever going to be like Jeff Bezos? I'm never going to get there. You still got 10, 15 years of of grinding before you can say that you're behind Jeff Bezos or behind Elon Musk, you know, because those guys didn't do that while they were in college like Mark Zuckerberg did. You know, those guys didn't they didn't do that. They they got out and they were struggling for a while, you know, uh, even that, Steve, you know, Steve Jobs, all these people were struggling for a while through their twenties and then to their early thirties before they really started to make it anywhere. So, don't sell yourself short and decide that there's no way you're going to make it. Yeah. Yet. Um, it, I get, f-
0: I like what you said. You know, I get what you're saying. Like you aren't good enough, but in the sense that it doesn't mean that you're not capable. Yeah. It, and it's because you have the potential to be something great, but you got a lot of work to do. Yeah, like being great doesn't come; it's just not it's not natural. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. And so the the whole comparing yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today, is that nature of work. It's like you have you are the world is laid out with all this potential of amazing things that you could do, and if you decide in in yourself that you're going to put in the work to do that. And see who you could be in twenty years, you know what is that? What is that potential? when I'm when I say that you're when I'm meaning that you are good enough and trying to encourage you in that. What I'm meaning is that you have the capabilities to be that successful person if you if you're willing to clean up your own act.
1: Yeah, and one way if you're ever going to get there, and this goes for people who are successful. Um, what I want to ask is. Do these people get there because when they made mistakes, when things didn't go right, when something messed up, or they lost all their money and had to reinvest in something? do you think that when that happened, that those people immediately blamed everyone else around them and not themselves? You know, do you think that they when when, uh, when Bezos was on his floor packing packages at 2 a.m on his knees, do you think he was upset? with Bill Gates about that at that point in time? Do you think if they made a bad business decision and something went out of business, do you think that they immediately looked for someone else to blame? So which one of these ideologies would do better at helping you actually get to those places? Is it one where you blame other people for what's going on in your life? Or is it one where you take take responsibility even if it wasn't your fault, even if really someone else did act upon you, take responsibility for the things that you could have done differently. Take responsibility for getting yourself out of it even. That's really the only, that's the only real option. It's the only way to ever try to feel any kind of meaning or happiness anyway. I can't imagine feeling like everything that was wrong in my life was completely someone else's fault And that there's no way I was ever going to make it anywhere unless the right law gets passed or the right rich person gets their money taken away from them. And then I can make it somewhere in my life. I can't imagine just how terrible that must feel. And a lot of people do feel that way. And I'm just telling you, that's the worst way to go about it. That is not how you get somewhere, is by sitting there waiting for things to be brought to you on a silver platter and when you do make a mistake you try to figure out who else's fault it was all the time like like uh like kamala harris was saying that she's not gonna be able to be the democratic nominee because people just aren't ready for a black woman to be the president
0: you know what's hilarious about I, that
1: I, I, yeah i do go ahead <laughs> i think you're gonna say the yeah. same
0: thing i to say i was gonna say is that she's Basically, calling the Democratic Party racist—that's <laughs> the really funny <laughs> part about it. Is she
1: says that people aren't ready, and someone tweeted—I can't remember who it was—it was like, "Like, who do you mean people aren't ready? Like, this is the primary. Uh, this yeah. is
0: where the she's not the nominee yet. This is
1: where the liberals decide who they want to be the president. So, like, blaming society and everyone for you not becoming the Democratic nominee—it's not the Republicans' fault that you're not the Democratic nominee. Yeah, you know." That's the liberals deciding that you were not the person that they wanted to be the nominee.
0: has nothing to do with your race or your gender.
1: Yeah. Unless you're saying that liberals and Democrats are racist and, yeah. and sexist.
0: That's the only way.
1: I, I, guess that's the, I guess that's the only way. And the same thing with uh, Beto O'Rourke dropped out this weekend. Did you mm-hmm. see that? I saw that. And uh, his people, even his campaign staff, are already blaming his unfair treatment from Trump and the mainstream media is why he did not rise to the top. That's, that's why, by the way.
0: Yeah. Somehow,
1: somehow it's those people's fault, not his fault Yeah, at, at all. And it's just like this mentality of when things don't go right for you, you start blaming other people and you're never going to get anywhere by doing that.
0: I want to, I want to tell all the complainers out there how many people actually care about them complaining and what they're complaining about.
1: You want to list them all out real quick? Yeah.
0: Let me list them. Number one. That's it. That's everyone that actually compare compl- that actually cares about you complaining. Yeah. No one, no one cares. As Gary Vee would say, like the only people that care about you complaining are the other losers you hang out with. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe your parents that are really wanting to hold you back. Yeah, because they they don't want you to become more successful than they yeah, are.
1: Because they don't want to feel inadequate about where they went in life. Exactly. Yeah,
0: those are the only people that actually care about your complaints. The world doesn't care. Yeah, no one gives a sh. <laughs> at all. They just don't. So, if if that is the proposition, what do you do with that? If no one cares about you complaining and how the world's unfair and how, you know, this person's the president or this person's not the president, if they were, I could get all this. But who cares? Yeah. No one cares.
1: It's always on you to fix it. That's yes. that's the only option. That's why I love Peterson, Jordan Peterson's message so much, regardless of what political affiliation he lines up it it really doesn't matter it's a recipe for everyone to get what they want out of life uh, and to pursue their meaning in life and to actually get some of the things that they think are going to be success to them you have to take responsibility for all of the missteps and you have to realize that if you're in college you're not you're not supposed to be there be there yet people do not turn into millionaires or billionaires while they're in college. It takes a lifetime to do this. Most of the people who are in the 1% are older. That's who most of those people are. And one thing in having a sense of gratitude, you have to realize that you've got something that people, most people in the 1% do not have. You've got time and those people do not have time. And regardless of however many Billions of dollars Warren Buffett has. I guarantee you he would trade all of his money to be your age if you're a millennial. And he would do it all again. And he would make the same amount of money or even more because he would learn from little mistakes that he made. But you've got time, which is the most valuable resource that there possibly is. And it's something that enough money in the world cannot buy you. And so having a sense of proportion on these things and the fact that most of the people who are in this millionaire, billionaire class are in the later stages of their life. They're over 50 most of the time. I'm not, trying to make you, you know, I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you're in your 50s or 60s or 70s if you're listening to this right now. I don't mean it that way. But what I'm saying is most of these people who have made it to that point, they did not do that while they were in college or even in their 20s. You've got Our time. 30s. You've got time to do it still. I've got time to do it still. I'm not worth what I want to be worth and neither are you. You want to be the first trillionaire. And I want to make fun of you because that's all you're worth. <laughs> you know? So, we've got some lofty goals. And I'm I'm 32 and you're are you 31? I'm 31 now. How about that? Recently. I was two classes ahead of you in high school. Yeah. And I'm 32 and you're 31. That's yeah. crazy.
0: Craziness we're only a year and like 4 months apart i think really funny June, july august september 3 4 months
1: really funny side note in debating with someone on instagram it's funny the assu- never make assumptions about the people that you're debating with by the way you're just you're at risk of being a complete idiot if you just make assumptions this person while arguing with me after i made some kind of flawless economic point i'm sure after i made <laughs> after i made this economic point he called me a he said all you boomers are all the same yeah called me a boomer the, i have, i'm 32 i'm a millennial and you're the new,
0: you're the new boomer
1: i'm a boomer i guess <laughs> i'm a baby boomer because i have these ideas on economics it yeah. o- automatically makes me someone who's in my 50s or 60s that's one of these assumptions that people on the left like to make is that if you have these views well you must be An older person, or you must have grown up rich or something like that. There's no way that you're some, you know, struggling millennial that grew up in a trailer park with a single mom. There's no way. That you could have these ideas, these free market principles, and also have grown up like that. There's no way I'm talking to a thirty-year-old right now. Just no way. This has to be someone who's sixty who doesn't understand the plight of the millennial. You know, <laughs> it's it's just funny seeing people make these assumptions. I all think the
0: time. maybe it's because you avoided the Marxist professors in college. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I avoided all my professors in college. Yes. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I was not good at college. I'm not. I'm not good at a structured, like, you have to do this and, and, and work within this little situation right here. Even in college, I parked my car right out in front of the building when I would go to class. and get, I got parking tickets every single day, and I would still just park my, park my car on the main street right outside the doors of the building just because, I don't know. I, I just I had a sticker on there that said I'm a libertarian, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't believe in your Marxist parking spaces. Yes. I'm just not, not going to do it. So uh, my college experience was, was not so much, not, not, not so great. My degree is not getting me anywhere right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Except for something I have to pay for every month, uh, which sucks. <clears throat>
0: the student loans.
1: The student loans are still there, by yeah. the way. And I still think that student loans should not be forgiven. And I still have a lot of student loans. Almost as much as your average Swedish child who graduates from college does. Oh, imagine that! Did you? You know, I've been reading Rand Paul's book, um, "The Case Against Socialism," which I will recommend to you guys. Even if you're like a strict libertarian, this is a really, really good book. If you wanna, if you wanna be a little bit more knowledgeable for when you're talking to people who uh, want to say that Venezuela wasn't socialism or want to talk about the Scandinavian countries. Um, Want to say that you know it wasn't Lenin's fault, or you know Pol Pot wasn't socialist, or like all this kind of stuff. It's a really, really good book, and I, I'm really excited about it being a Rand Paul book because his last book was terrible. I don't know if you read Taking a Stand. It I was, tried. No, it was it was just a biography on him and yeah. like why he wants to be the president. It was there was no ideology really in it. This yeah. this is really good. It's a really good book for talking about all of these socialist ideas. And uh, I don't remember why I mentioned the book actually, but I really really recommend that you guys read it cuz one thing I found out was that you know in Sweden, in Sweden school, your college is free. But the average student graduates with with the equivalent of $19,000 in debt. When they graduate,
0: they're still taking out student loans. They're
1: still taking out loans when they go to school. Now it might not be to pay the college, but they don't get their living expenses paid for while they're in college. And it's very expensive to live over there. So they have to take out loans to live while they're in college. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because they have this whole idea that their college is free and they don't have to worry about the debt yet. They only come out with $5,000 less in debt than the average U S student does. And they end up having to pay 60% income taxes and 25% sales taxes and a 200% tax on buying a car. You know, just all these ridiculous taxes when they get out from their free college that they're still almost as much in debt for as these students who are in the U.S. The only
0: real difference that I would say actually maybe lowers the burden are the terms of their repayment. Yeah. So the average repayment term in the United States I believe is 10 years. Yeah. And in places like um places like Australia it's 4% of your income that's taken out pre-tax. Yeah. It's taken out of your paycheck and so that goes up and down with your income. You know what's so really no funny is no matter what it's like 4%
1: What's really funny is uh, who determines our loan terms for student loans right now? The government. The government. Yes. The private industry does not make student loans. No. They might buy some student loans every once in a while from the government, but the government took over in 2010 all of the student loan making process. You go to through government money, through their financing to go to college, and people who want the government to have more control are actually talking about... Our government, who makes all of the student loan uh, all of the all of the uh, the different ways you have to pay that back, all the terms on your loans, those are all determined by the government and so it's really interesting to i don't know to to argue for more government so you don't have these terrible loan rules that the government has set in place yeah and the cost of college just exploded after the government got involved with college anyway. So we could spend the whole week talking about the price of students. Yeah, it's loans, gone up by like,
0: what, two hundred percent almost? Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely insane.
1: It's um yeah, it's it's been a lot. What's so, really funny is um we did not get into the conversation that we were gonna talk about today. No. But, but that's okay. That's I like fine. where it's going. It's still a big conversation that we can have. Not time sensitive. It's okay. Yeah. We'll talk about Venezuela sometime because I had a nice little uh argument with someone um this weekend. When I said that Venezuela did fail because of socialism, I will tell you I was met with one of the most difficult responses for me to have an immediate response to. Their response was, 70% of Venezuela's economy is private industry. So, socialism being the, the workers owning the industry, or whatever, I've got to dig into their numbers and see what ex- what exactly, how exactly their economy is, how much of it is public, how much of it is private, and we'll talk about whether or not Venezuela was the fault of the privately held industries that apparently are just destroying the economy, or whether or not it was the government intervention. Because one main question I would want to know is, what makes something private? How do you know that you have a private business? Uh, Should you be able to determine your wages? Should you be able to determine the prices for your items? Uh, Should you be able to determine what items you will and will not sell? Should you be able to determine, uh, you know, the people that you hire, the people that you fire? Uh, Should you be able to keep a large proportion or all of the income that comes in from your business after the expenses? Would that be what makes something private? And if that is what makes something a private business, then there are no private businesses in Venezuela. Even if they are technically held by a private individual who has the paperwork on the business, that person cannot open or close the doors without permission from the government first. So while we might say that it's not socialism completely on paper, it is still another form of socialism, communism, fascism—it's a mixture of all of them, to be completely honest with you—is most definitely not the fault of the free market run amok in Venezuela. That is not what has happened. Yeah, here. exactly. That, that, is that really what you think is going on? Is the free market just went so crazy in Venezuela that it collapsed? No, that's that's not the case at all. But uh, we're over an hour right now, so Charlie, you uh, you can if you've got something. You can, you can tell me, um, or we can, uh, I'm good right now. We can close up. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I want to say to you guys, uh, thank you for bearing with us on the sound, the timing of everything. We're still putting together the studio. Um, I'm going to be putting in the sound panel, the sound deadening panels today and setting up video, but we're going to be switching over to live video every day. Uh, we're, we're in a new studio right now using some new equipment. If you missed Friday's episode, I did in fact uh, completely de- destroy our audio interface that we run our mics through and into the computer. Um, So we're using just an an old, old wooden soundboard to to run our sound (laughs) into the computer right now. It's amazing that it's even happening. Yeah. Um, So, you know, maybe the sound isn't really what it normally is. But thank you for being patient with us as far as that goes. Thank you for not telling Charlie that he should fire me and never let me come here again. The studio Um, doesn't
0: smell of rich mahogany yet. No,
1: but it will. We're having all the mahogany brought in later this afternoon. Yes. And it'll, it'll be very nice.
0: This afternoon.
1: Yeah, yes. I'm gonna bring it all in. I'm gonna make it look good. I'll take some <laughs> before and afters of this studio. But uh guys, just follow us on Instagram. That's at Good Morning Liberty, Twitter at Good AM Liberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty. Go to our website, goodmorningliberty.us, if you wanna read some great articles on politics and economics. Shout out to Fee, the Foundation for Economic Education a uh, very very good website go to fee.org and thanks to them for making all of their articles republishable by anyone who wants to republish their articles because they are allowing me to save time while I'm making all of these other changes for for GML right now so we are posting some great fee articles and uh go to our pages and look at all of those things leave us a rating and review those haters are destroying our facebook right now <laughs> our rating did go up by the way
0: yeah it was like it went from 2.8 to 3.1 yeah
1: I saw that so we had a bunch of haters on there really funny some people uh, uh they hate trump so they gave us a terrible they say that we hate trump so they gave us a terrible rating and then the people who say that we love Trump gave us a terrible rating. So that's uh, the plight of being a libertarian, right. you know, just being objective in every single situation. So, the
0: plight of advocating for liberty.
1: Yeah, not for one single political figure, but for ideas themselves that can give you a terrible rating on your social media, yes. which hurts us when we're trying to post our stuff on Facebook because the algorithms are not going to be as likely to put a page that's got a low rating out in front of everyone's faces. So... Um, go on our Facebook and leave us a stellar rating and review. Uh, just go to Good Morning Liberty on Facebook and leave us that rating. If it's a good one, if it's a bad one, go to Bernie Sanders and leave your rating, whatever <laughs> whatever you think. One, if you don't like it, you know <laughs>
0: that's a good idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I wanted to round this show out with with the normal. We're going to do a normal outing, but at the same time. I I had a couple points earlier because we talk about all of these things and I really couldn't find a good place to interject yet, Nate, because you were making such good points. I couldn't, I didn't want to stop the train from rolling.
1: I did interrupt you really abruptly earlier in the the show and I felt, I felt bad about it.
0: You should. Yeah. You should. Yeah. But, (laughs) but I've moved on from there. You want to know Why? Because I took responsibility for it. And so,
1: you should have structured your sentences in a way that sh- no one was ever going to interrupt. I should have, yeah,
0: I should have, or I should have talked over you, even yeah. to where you would have felt small <laughs> and unworthy, to where you would have stopped talking. Everyone feels small <laughs> next to you, Charlie. They do, yes. It's because I am a giant. Which I'll be sitting down in the live show, so no one's yeah. really gonna. I am still going to look normal. I'll move my seat up. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, I wanted to. I wanted to let you guys know all these things we talk about. It's like what do we do about it? Like, what do you do about college loans? What do you do about, you know, having anxiety about all of this stuff? The ultimate thing that you can do is, as I mentioned, is take responsibility. And I always tell people that even if it's not your fault, if you take responsibility, if you want to know how to assume power in this life, it's through responsibility. What responsibility does for you is it transfers the power of everything being everyone else's fault, which gives everyone else power over you. And if you transfer that responsibility to yourself, where it's your fault or it's your job to do the work, to do what's necessary, to do what can make your life meaningful and worthwhile, that gives you the ultimate power. And so learn if you haven't already to start to take responsibility for where you're at in life And where you're going, because as I said, if you complain about all the problems in the world, who's the president, who's going to pay for Medicare for all or whatever. If you think that your life hinges on those things, no one cares who actually cares about you. Ultimately, it's you who can make the best decisions for you. It's you. And we believe the best way to construct society. And the reason why we talk about all these things is because. For the We want to help the most amount of people, and the best way to do that is for individuals to be able to have the control to make their own decisions and not for someone else to make those decisions for you. So with that, adopt some responsibility for yourself. Control, transfer that power from someone else having it over you for you having it yourself through responsibility. So if you guys do all that, go to gmlconnect.com for all of our links, and that's where also you'll find our shop, which we've added some new items, by
1: the way. There's we some, have.
0: There's a free Ed Snowden on yep. there. Yep. Um, did, was there a new coffee mug? Uh,
1: the, the free Snowden coffee mug yes. is on there too. And then there's also the Libertarian shirt that I put on there. It just yes. says Libertarian. You know, more government equals less freedom. So yes. It says um, one of my favorite shirts. Very simple. But uh, yeah, check that out.
0: Yeah. So go to our shop, uh, BernieLies.com, LizLies.com. You guys do all that. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty.